You're listening to The Dollop. This is a bi-weekly American history podcast. Each week, I, Dave Anthony, read a story from American history to my friend. Gareth Reynolds, a man who has no idea (laughs) what the topic's going to be about. You'll be okay. I love you. You're going to be all right, boy. Love Love you so much. Okay. Love you so much. Come here. Love you so much. God, you want a little hit of it? I'll do one bottle. <laughs> people say this is funny. Not Gary Guerra. Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the tickling podcast. Okay. You are Queen Fakie of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle and do what? Pray. Gary. No. I see done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> uh, this, I love you so We already did that. Oh, right. This podcast is brought to you by our sponsors on Patreon. Uh, all of you subscribers out there, I want to thank each and every one of you. You guys are awesome. I want to kiss your sweet little, sweet little niece. And uh, thank you. Knee, knee kisses. Don't kiss their knees. The Pope doesn't the Pope do that? Nope. What is it? Well, I mean, he does, but behind closed doors. Fair enough. Fair. We just lost all our Catholics. Yeah. Well, that's a shame. That was a huge get for us. 1954. Yeah. I had to look to see if we were recording. Yeah, that would I be thought great. I might have forgot. That would be great. Don Sayers was an ad man working in Pittsburgh when his small ad agency was bought by a New York investor. The copywriter and his family were moved with a few other employees to New York. At that point, he and his wife had two young girls. Okay. Working with a small group of close guys at the corner of 57th and 5th Avenue, they soon became aware that many very... They had an office, right? Yeah. Okay. They weren't just on the street. Right. Like most ad men were then. Right. Soon they became aware that many very attractive women shopped in the neighborhood. <sighs> Don himself had a great view of, from his office and one day noticed a group of bird watchers heading into Central Park. They had notepads and binoculars. A friend was in Don's office with him and they both watched the bird watchers as they made their way to the park. Then they grabbed a, a couple of fellow ad men and went to Rubens for lunch. As they did, they noticed, quote, Two or three good-looking girls. We didn't think of them as women in those carefree days. <clears throat> girls. One of the guys... So, so girls is uh, like a negative term for women. I mean, it just well, means they, they're... Back then, they were saying, we didn't call them women, we called them girls. Yeah. Feelingless objects. And to them, it's not negative. Right. But it is in the prism when you look through it. Oh, if you're, you're an adult male? Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. don't call, I don't call a 25-year-old a girl. She's a girl. Uh, one of the guys brought up the bird watchers and said, quote, you know, those people have the auto in the Audubon society. Those people have the Audubon society. We should have our own society. Oh, boy. What? I mean, a couple days later, the men got together again and noticed one of their crew was watching women a little too aggressively. What? Yeah. I mean, that's a quote. I couldn't figure out. Don said that. and I couldn't figure out what he meant, but let's just leave it. At that, because I'm sure it was super uncomfortable for everybody. Yeah, there had to be a little crotch touch. A drooly weird man. (laughs) Woman. (sighs) Nope, sorry. Girl. Uh, Are you seeing what I'm seeing? There's a... (laughs) She's two feet away. She's two feet away. She's two feet away. (laughs) I mean, that's a little more than aggressive. That's (laughs) pure insanity. (laughs) It was suggested that they should have a set of rules, just like the bird watchers did. By hopefully they keep the rule where you don't have sex with the thing you're looking at. Don, being an ad man, immediately thought it would be great to have a parody of bird watching books, but it would be about women or girls, as he called them. He wants to make. Okay. He finished a first draft in less than two weeks on company time. Using his connections, he found an artist who lived in Carmel, California, and the drawings were done. They have been described as va-va-voom illustrations. (sighs) 
Soon the book was sent to Harper's, and the next day Harper's responded that they'd like to publish the book. This is a good story. This is and and there and the book is just drawings of women they've spotted. It's a it's a it's a girl watcher's book, like a bird watcher's book, but in the girl sense watcher. that it's like a peeping tom book. It's how to look at girls, just like how to look at birds. How to look at girls without them knowing, like with binoculars and shit. Well, I don't know if you look at them with binoculars, but respectfully looking at a girl. How to gawk at women in public. That's what it is. Okay. Thank or you. They, they said it was. Okay. <clears throat> but they say it's just like how to watch women. Yeah. Or girls. At that point, Don decided he wanted to take things past the book and create a girl watching society. This is very, very. Uh, rapey. He figured it would help sell the book. They'd have membership cart and no one's going to get raped. Even me? In the story. Ah, damn it. They'd have membership cards and wear lapel pins. And it worked. Pervos! And it got a lot of publicity, which helped sell the books. How were uh, the girls feeling about this? That doesn't matter. Right, of course. That's that's part of the beauty of this story. Right. From the novelty book based on the (coughs) model of birding manuals. Quote, although we believe that girl watching has it all over bird watching, we feel that these two hobbies do share one important feature. They're both genteel. They both respect the rights of the watched. A girl watcher never leers, nor does he utter any sound which might betray his joy. Here's the difference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Those bird watchers... Mm -hmm. Don't want to have sex with the birds. Well, that's a very blanket statement, isn't it? <laughs> Except for Audubon Andy. <laughs> Imagine. Oh, to just have my face between those red breasts. Oh, peep. Peep, peep, peep. Oh. Peep, peep, peep. Oh, come on. Oh, <clears throat> canary me. That would be a big difference in that a bird watcher is just enjoying the beauty of, of an animal in nature. Yes. While a girl watcher wants to fuck her. Yes. Different. Huge. Big difference. different. Big difference. Hugely different. Big difference. Don recommended girl watching centers in Manhattan on 5th Avenue between 49th and 59th Streets and 58th Street between Madison and 6th Avenue. These locations were based on the quality of shopping in the area. Had they ever heard of the Try to Talk to Them Club? <laughs> Also a fun organization that's out there. Uh, Don said it was, quote, never in good taste to look down after watching a beautiful girl's face. (laughs) Wait, what? Oh, is he saying... Don't look at the tits. Right. Okay. Or breasts. Right. Or jugs, whatever. Maybe we don't need you to help right now. Uh, You know what I mean? Fun bag. Excuse me? Stop. Totally stop. Hit pause. Hit pause. Pause this. And we're back. After a nice little sidebar. <laughs> About, yeah. So he's saying, he's saying, don't look at the breasts. Right. Just, like, the fact that you have to put that in a book is terrifying. Sure, sure. <laughs> That's shocking. <laughs> Instead, after looking at a girl with a beautiful face, you were supposed look to... Look at your penis. You were supposed to look down at her shoes. Okay. And then I assume you're supposed to do this. <laughs> also, if you're looking from the face down to the shoes, what do you? What's in between? What's in between? What's in between? Fair point. Breasts and genitals. Seems like it might be a little bit difficult. <laughs> yeah. Slowly make your way down to the shoes. Go sideways at the neck. Come back at the navel. <laughs> Close your eyes. Look down and then open them at the feet. The quote slowly taking about three seconds. Raise your eyes. Remembering always not to move the head. Sorry. That whole move You, you just really did a, a gesture that really makes it very clear. But so you essentially... You look, you at, look at her head. I'm yeah. look, okay, I'm looking at you. You look at my head, look at your head. You drop down to my feet. Your head's lower. And now with the lowered head, your eyes raise back up to my face. Like a creepy fucking weird. <laughs> like as weird as it can be. The girl will then scream. Yeah. All of this fantastic advice made Don sort of a consultant. So he he's like, <clears throat> a, a, for what? To People creep- came to him like the Italian film export company when they needed help promoting a movie. 
Paul Mall Cigarettes then approached Don about using his book as a guide for a new ad campaign. Fortunately, he was an ad man, so this all worked out. One ad was called the, quote, white-coated lab loon. It showed a big-breasted woman walking by in an office holding a clipboard and in a white lab coat. Behind her, a man at a drinking fountain is so distracted that he's squirting himself (laughs) in the face with water. Oh, so this is a... (laughs) So this... (laughs) Text. This is when we decided to objectify women. (laughs) Text. Don't let this girl's costume fool you. She's not really a mad scientist. She's a girl. A real live girl. It's just that she has... It's just that she has to prove something to herself and to her family. What What is happening? She has to prove that she has a brain and that... If she ever has to compete with men on their own terms, she can do it and win. But she really doesn't want to compete with men. In her heart, she wants to attract men, eventually marry one. The girl watcher should not let this situation disturb him. However, if the girl is watchable, she should be watched, no matter what her motives or ambitions may be. The same thing is true of a cigarette. What? It is is smokable. It should be smoked, and Paul Mall is the most smokable of all. What? How? I mean, how do you not get that caught in your head? Holy! What fuck. is that? How long was the ad? Was it a scroll? No, you read that. That was that was a printed uh, ad. Uh, you fucking read all that uh, shit. Uh, uh, back then, you read. Uh, uh, back then, ads had uh, a lot of reading. There uh-huh. was a lot of reading in that, but that that could just be a catchy jingle. Wow. The ads also pushed. <laughs> Oh, the way yep. he just popped out. Hey, look at this. Jose, oh, yeah. Jose oh, onto nice the chair. jump. Fucking beauty. Right from the windowsill onto the chair. You know what I mean? Now my boy, my like boy's losing some weight. Crazy motherfucker. <clears throat> the ads also pushed people to join the Society of Girl Watchers, which was described as, quote, oh, I guess I dropped it. Okay, Life Magazine caught on and described girl watching as man's favorite sport. Oh, so weird. Life Magazine. Life Magazine. <laughs> In 1962, Life published a four Life has page... really said a lot of messed up stuff. Life published a four-page picture story about girl watching. Life discovered that no one had ever used those two words together. It's Darn. so interesting. It's such a great description of men in general. It is important to watch women. Hey, quick question. How come we can't just masturbate on the street while we look at girls? Well, uh, I think you can. Don said... Don said soon the phrase was being used in good humor as it had been intended. At that time, no, quote, feminist police demanded it be discouraged. That's him saying that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is before they got on those high horses. It's just a fun joke thing. Also, I have a, have a, a, a joke book about black people. The only time... A woman should get on a high horse as if we're going to watch her breasts jiggle. Thank you. All right. The Girl Watching Society grew more than Dawn thought it would, and it continued for a while. In San Diego in 1962, the AP wrote about the local chapter of the Girl Watchers Society. By this time, it was called the International Society of Girl Watchers. (laughs) 140 men had gathered to compare notes on, quote, the science of the casual glance. What are are you talking about? Scientists. And they're and there's they're a science. Here's how to look at a woman. Is the idea that this look like makes the woman want you? I think I think, yeah, that's all part of it. I think that it makes them want you. And I also think it's it's a way to do it without they think it's a way to do it without freaking them out or being gross. But you're being so public. They'll have access to these publications if they want them. Oh, come on. They don't read. Kind of secret society. Mm. I mean, they'll, they'll just be like, oh. Well, the no, I think, I think that... Here's an idea. Ask them what they think. What? What do they want? What do you mean? Oh, God damn it. They also discussed the possibility of a woman's auxiliary for the society. Do tell. But they didn't go any more of that, because what happened was, 
the science and discussion of broadening their global organization went out the window because they really just wanted to talk about looking at hot ladies. Right. Yeah. Okay. So the second that they like <clears throat> the second that they're they're trying to add any sort of yeah. value to the conversation, the, like no, the, no, 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 right out the door. No, no, no. Nope. Joe Began, fifty-three, was the president of the society. He was a public relations man, bald, and the father of six kids. Quote, I can't wait to hear what his thoughts are. A good watcher is one who is sly enough not to let the girl know she's being watched. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which, hey, pre- you know, uh, oh, we thought about calling ourselves the Creep Society. Yeah. The I key is to not let your wife know by talking about it yeah. publicly. They actually asked. I didn't put it in here, but they did ask his wife. And she was like, she, she was like, I haven't seen him do it yet. I, he's gotten away with everyone oh. so far. Uh, Joe went on to discuss their techniques. Quote, a seeker is a watcher who is sneaky about it. He stands on the street and hides behind a newspaper. Then he makes a sighting and he peeks around the edge of the paper. How about this? What about anyone else who's watching you? What what kind of vibe are you putting out there? No moaning also. There was also what was known as the neck twister. He puts That's where you'd snap her neck and fondle her. Puts a finger in his collar as if he's scratching his neck. As the girl walked past, he twists his neck to watch her. What year were sunglasses invented? (laughs) I'm going to Google that right now. Also, there was the shoelacer. He puts his foot up on a window ledge to tie a shoelace. He takes a downward view, which is the preferred. The, imagine of seeing this. Imagine like actually seeing this in. Mo- I mean, it first of all, your play. First of all, your playbook is out there. It your re- playbook's out on the streets. So if you're tying your tied shoe, it people re- right away know. But you're like, it almost feels like you're taping a sitcom intro about guys who watch women. Does it remind you of the? Uh, the stupid looking version of the the yawn arm over the shoulder. Yeah, the whole thing is like be super slick with a move everyone knows about. And there was the move known as looking through the empty cocktail Wait, what glass at the bar. This, this is, is 64, 62? 1929. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> so weird the year the stock market crashed too. I mean, I don't know why. That's amazing. Yeah. But, but. Yeah. They could have just used sunglasses. Sunglasses! But they have a whole thing. <laughs> Clearly they've got an angle. Uh, there's also the move known as looking through the empty cocktail glass at the bar. Quote, he pretends to be looking at the olive on a drink, but he's really looking at the girl down the bar. Bam! Uh, this, th- this, this is called knowledge. This is shocking. This is called knowledge. You're being given knowledge. This is it. shocking. Now, once the girl has been watched for enough time, which apparently a good one could do in about 10 seconds... In that 10 Imagine span, being a woman in a bar. You'd be like, I got to get out of here a guy right now. looking at me over a oh, My shoelace is untied. Excuse me while I read the paper. I'm just going to finish this martini. <laughs> She's like, uh. During that 10 second, second span, you should be able to judge whether her clothes fit her figure well, whether her hair is in style, if she is confident, and other good stuff. The watcher so, would then give her a rating. And hand her a card, which rates her as excellent, good, fair, striking, charming, lovely, etc. I'm going to get out of here. <clears throat> hey, uh, here's this for you. It says good. <laughs> well, <laughs> thanks. Yep. Thank you. You. Are, you are welcome. Did you tie your shoelace? You don't give me that back. I'm going to write fair. Here, that enough fair. I don't want it. If it's not excellent, and even then I don't want it, but I don't want it. Can I have that back? Yeah. I am writing butthole. Okay. Butthole. All right. All right. Goodbye. Would you like to go out? Yeah. You didn't even know I was looking at you. I did. Yeah. Yeah, no. We all know. I'm not going to eye magician. Okay. Okay. This is. I'm like eye magic. I don't want to go out anymore. You know what David Copperfield is? He's like, if I was, if my eyes were a man. You mean David Copperfield from the Dickens novel? Who gives a shit? The guy who does the magic. I don't know of him yet. You're gonna, woman! What, what are you? Welcome back to Time Traveling Pervert. <laughs>
I don't know any magic gym. I'm going to get you out of that dress like Houdini. Who? You'll see. <laughs> Time-traveling pervert. <laughs> okay, so give her a card. Uh, Biggin That's said, insane. Biggin said the girls would usually take it as a subtle compliment. What? He's lying to no, everyone. because he can't read women at all. That's why he stares from across the room and hands him a fucking card. Well, he's probably looking at her feet when he hands it to her. He's married. <laughs> what is happening? And his wife knows he's the president of the organization. He gave me a fair card last night, actually. As of 1962, the group would meet four times a year in San Diego. There were about 500 men in the Girl Watchers Society worldwide, most joined by male. Don was the man to go to. In the late 60s, he appeared on The Tonight Show and to tell the truth. In 1967, he was invited to Montreal to help celebrate Girl Watching Week. Pepsi approached... How many girls stuck around for that week? All. He approached Don to help promote Diet Pepsi as the drink for, quote, girls that girl watchers watch. Girls that... This 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 really is the this is the beginning of the objectification of women through advertising. That's what this story is. But as we know, the late sixties were a time of serious social upheaval in America. Many groups were growing tired of their. We treatment. want to make girl watching the get out of Vietnam movement. <laughs> Many groups are growing tired of their treatment by our white male-dominated society. One of those groups was obviously women. In 1968, feminists targeted the Miss America pageant for protest. They staged a theatrical demonstration outside the Atlantic City Convention Center. This was one of the first media events to be uh, <clears throat> that showed the nation's uh, that the women's liberation movement was happening. Okay. The feminists demanded an end to Miss America, calling it, quote, a degrading, mindless boob girl symbol. They attacked the ludicrous beauty standards they had been conditioned to accept. The winner of Miss America contest would be sent to be ogled by soldiers in Vietnam after winning. They held signs like cattle auction and no more beauty standards. The nearly 400 women had what they called a freedom trash can. It was a trash can where they would throw stuff in, like dish detergent, false eyelashes, wigs, copies of girly magazines, high heels, etc., they also threw their bras in. Was there a coalition of men who found a way to gawk at the trash cans? <laughs> they wanted to set it on fire, but they were not able to get a fire permit, so they did not burn their bras. That did not stop the rumor that they had burned their bras, and reporters started calling them bra burners. Bra burners. Bra burners. Yeah, oh, right. At the same time, across the street, a crowd of about 600 men gathered to show uh, their disapproval. Uh, don't look at them. They, they'll know. <laughs> Everybody hold up their martini glass. The best way to protest is to put the sign above your head for a minute, slowly drop it down, and then lift it up slightly. They told the women they should throw themselves in the freedom trash can. The women's movement had really kicked off at the Miss America beauty pageant. Every newspaper in the country reported on it, and the movement was taken more seriously. But the men's staring movement was far from over. All one had to do was look at Francine Gottfried of Williamsburg during that same month, September 1968. So this is almost right when the giant protest is happening. Francine was one of six children of a retired postal worker. She had been born and raised in Williamsburg. She had a rather sheltered life, going to Hebrew school, taking piano lessons, and dating the local neighborhood boys. Like a lot of Brooklyn life back then, it all revolved around the neighborhood. <clears throat> when she was 16, Frances began to develop rather large breasts. Oh, boy. At that age, she said, quote, The teachers in Eastern District High School, which I attended, started to look at me, and so did the construction workers in the area. Boy, construction workers were always on board. <laughs> they never stopped. Teachers. They're like the anti-movement of the guys who glance. You gotta wonder how many girls are just fucking ogled by their teachers. Oh, yeah. You gonna turn that in? Yeah. Terrible. Uh, so, quote, she says, After I saw this happening, I just ignore it, because otherwise I would smile and it could lead them on. Her fellow high school boys wouldn't look her in the eyes, always staring at her breasts. All right. Well. I mean, they're trying to figure it out. Yeah. 
I, 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 I mean, think they have perpetual hard-ons. They don't know what's happening. It, 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 <laughs> if there's anybody we can forgive looking at breasts, it's a 16-year-old. <laughs> Just about to say that, yes. We try not to tell them to do it, but it's... Well, I mean, I it's wish the... Them luck in that yeah, it, it's, I mean, it's the difference between, like, you know, this is the first time they've ever seen something. Yeah. You know, I mean, you look at it for a second, and it's new and interesting, and plus, like you're saying... They have permanent hard-ons. Yes. Your balls are machines. Her, uh, so all her, at her brother's wedding, a woman guest said loudly, quote, when she walked down the aisle, nobody looked at the bride. <clears throat> her measurements were 43, 25, 37. 40, wait, I'm not even sure what that means. Okay. 43 is enormous. Oh, wait, that's 40, that's right, that's the breast size. Yeah. That is big. After she graduated from high school... She went through a few jobs, cashier at a local store, clerical worker at the post office, where her breasts were constantly stared at. Boy, she just can't get away from weird mail. <coughs> I don't know where she's going to do it. Yeah. Hope she does it soon. I'm a mail lady. Ah, ah, oh, my I'm God. I'm a male. I'm a male. Mail this. I'm a male. I'm a male. Oh, mail lady. Where'd she go? Uh, four She's handling all the packages. The male lady is handling packages. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, four years after high school, in May 1968, she got a job working at Chemical Bank New York Trust Company's downtown data processing center. She was just 21. She was making $85 per week operating an IBM 1260 machine. <clears throat> Francine was five feet, four inches tall, brunette, with your classic large hair of the day. Sure. New York Magazine would later say, quote, she, u- <clears throat> she usually wears tight sweaters. Wait, the magazine said that about her? Mm-hmm. That's un- but uh, how's she not going to wear tight That's sweaters? That's right! She's got huge breasts. Yeah. What sweaters is she going to find? I'm, I'm hiding my breasts by wearing a bag. Jesus Christ. Uh... So each day, Francine had the same routine that she started on May 27th. She would catch the subway in Brooklyn, which she would ride for 40 minutes to Broad Street Station at the corner of Broad and Wall Streets. Then she would quickly walk several blocks to the chemical bank. The first day she walked, a few men noticed Francine's body. And the next day, a few more. As each day went by, there were more and more dudes waiting for Francine to come out. Waiting for her? Waiting for Francine to come out of the subway so they could watch her walk to work. It's just so creepy. (laughs) The subway station was right outside of the New York Stock Exchange, and she would come every day at the same time, which seemed to be a deadly combination. My stock's rising. (laughs) (laughs) You're choke laughing. Oh, my God. You almost killed me. Stockbroker told stockbroker, clerk told clerk, shithead told shithead, to be out there by 1.15 to get a look at the girl in the tight sweaters. This is Diet breasts. Coke break, but in reality. Remember when they had to take Diet Coke breaks for no. the hot construction worker? 10.30, oh. Diet Coke break. Was that really a, a commercial? Yeah, and they'd and go... And they would watch the girls, or the girls would watch the girls? The girls would watch the guy. Oh. But the novelty of that being girls watching a construct, right, right, ogling right. A, a, a man. That I was why that was... I get it. The actor's name was Lucky something. Every day, groups of men gathered around the exchange and the nearby statue of George Washington. (laughs) Who would have been proud? I would have loved this. (laughs) George Washington always said, look at them as long as you can. Look at them until they cry. Washington. And with each passing week, these groups of men got larger and larger and larger. By the end of the summer, on September 21st, the crowd was being described as boisterous. When she came out of the subway, she was met by applause and cheers. <sighs> I mean, you just don't want to be a man. Well, you just think, like for her, you're just like, well, I mean, she's what, what, yeah, like, what fucking, do you do? She's look, she's a woman, but she's also a fucking kid. Like, they don't know what the fuck. And I mean, there's like so there's just no real rights. But like, what do you do? I mean, you have to start being you, like, I'm going to get like what are you grabbed at one point. 21 year old girl coming out. All these men are fucking screaming at you. It's crazy. And they're like, she probably likes what we're doing. And she also probably thought, well, this is just happening to all women when they walk out. Right. This is probably just what happens down here. She probably like brought it up over a coffee break. They were probably like, you know what I hate? 
I, I hate how long the subway takes to get here. She's like, oh, I hate it too. It's the worst. And I hate like how all the, const- you know, the thousands of guys and construction workers go out there and applaud and whistle whenever you walk by. What? what? I just, I, I hate how long it takes to get here too. But I almost feel like the two block walk, you know, when the guys follow you and drool and applaud and shout things. Like that to me is kind of the oddest part of the walk. But I, I think the train takes long too, so. Both parts are weird, <laughs> but commuting's weird, so. <laughs> Men started throwing ticker tape out of office windows as she walked down the street on her same daily route. <sighs> now she was walking through a phalanx of men to get to her job. No one knew her name. No one bothered to ask. They just knew her body, and that's all they were interested in. Men. <clears throat> the greatest. <laughs> on the week of the 21st, on Wednesday... The crowd had swelled to 2,000 men. When I said thousands as a joke <laughs> two minutes ago, you what thought, I thought I was doing... You thought it was hyperbole. ...was, was using hyperbole to mm. heighten the comedy. Uh, yeah. And... Um, it turns out men are that bad. And now there's 2,000 men watching one girl walk to work. 21-year-old girl. <laughs> as they call her. Look at that girl. So they're cheering and yelling at this 21-year-old woman because she has large breasts. Right. All makes sense. Oh, and Wednesday was the day the exchange was closed. So 2,000 men had shown up. Wait, without that needing to be there? When the exchange was shut down. I thought it was closed today, honey. It is. I'm guessing that a lot of these guys knew about her and... They couldn't get out of work. And this was a day that they could. So they all fucking went down on the day off. So it's the guys who weren't working down there showing up being like, nah, I want to get an eye on this 21-year-old. That's, that's why I'm betting there were so many men that day. Cool stuff. <clears throat> the next day, Thursday, when she came out of the subway, there were 5,000 men. Oh, okay. I really, to me, I thought this was going to be a little footnote in this story. <laughs> I am shocked at what's happening. 5,000? 5,000 men. There's so many more girls in the... This would be appropriate if there was one woman left on Earth. (laughs) Yeah. And you had never seen one. Yeah. Welcome to Club Smurfette, lady. (laughs) If you had never seen a woman before, this is totally acceptable. This would be what it would be like to be a human transported to an alien planet and then just be like, walk around for a day. Totally. And you'd just be walking around and they'd be like, yeah, yeah, hello. The men packed the streets from the four corners of Broad and Wall Street intersection into the street itself. Traffic was stalled. Men climbed on light poles to get a look and heads popped out of windows. The buttonwood tree that marked the original site of the New York Stock Exchange was so full of men that the tree was bent over. Gray-haired executives at the House of Morgan peered out of their windows. Francine came out of the subway in a, quote, tight yellow sweater and tight red skirt on. So she was asking for it. That's what I'm talking about. Come on. What is she doing walking around like a woman with stuff on? You can't dress up like a titted fruit salad and expect us not to stare. That's it. You look like a lady boob banana. Okay. And I'm hungry for bananas. (laughs) I mean, men are just awful. Well, awful. Awful. It was totally- it, no matter what it is, it always seems like it comes down to us finding a way to exploit people and make them feel bad. Feel really bad. It was total madness for the next half hour. The crowd of leches surged forward to surround her. Men shoved men. People were pushed against walls and windows. Some were almost trampled. Men climbed on top of four cars, which caused the roofs to buckle in. The police? I mean, this is like Independence Day. (laughs) Independence Day for women. But just a... Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. This is... Could you imagine being her? Uh, Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, she's living the life of powder. 
Oh, this is like science fiction. It's insane. The police had learned of the ongoing situation, and two plainclothes officers were there to help her get safely to her job. They hustled her away from the crazy mob into a nearby building, then out the back door and down a few streets for a grand entrance to her office where men were still waiting. They got into so they her. got her out the back door, took her down like a side alley, and, and there were still men were like, the "Hey!" Of, and in the front of her building, hey, like, hey, hey, what's up, hey. girl in the sweater? I knew you'd take the wrong way. Hey, you know me, I like tits. <laughs> That's my thing. It's also, hey, is that your thing? <gasps> Just five five hundred men go. Excuse us, our shoelace is untied. <laughs> Except for one guy holding an olive glass. <laughs> yeah. And I'll finish my martini. So, they get her into her building, but Francine was late. Her boss was very angry. I didn't do anything, she repeatedly told him. Your tits did. Then the phone started ringing. It took just four minutes after she sat down. Can you put your tits on the phone? <laughs> hey, I want to talk to your boobs. <laughs> Why are you talking? I called breasts. <laughs> The offers were rolling in. Screen tests, modeling jobs, television appearances. Overnight, she became a household name in the New York area. And she still had to go to work the next day. On Friday, word was out. Two New York newspapers wrote about the tight, sweater-wearing girl. They used her name, her picture, where she worked, <laughs> no, and the route she walked. Oh, my God. All right there in print. That helps. Thanks for helping. Think there are a lot of women working in the news media back then? Seems like it. At 1.15, everyone was waiting. The cops were there, both plain clothes and uniformed with bullhorns. Yeah, and tight clothes. The media, reporters, and cameramen were there. Uh, We're here live. Francine is about to walk to work. We don't know how it's going to go today. We don't know what sweater she will be wearing, but we know it's going to be tight. I'm going to have to cut you off there, Brandon. We actually have word that Francine is running five minutes late. It really, it reminds me, like, the other day I was watching um, what I'll call the news, and they had the breaking news thing up. And it was for Trump's helicopter landing, oh. and they were waiting for it to land. Jesus. And it was like you knew it was land. It's not breaking news. No, there's nothing. Breaking the things about you'll it. send reporters to it's a helicopter on a scheduled landing, and they're just there to probably like you know be like, "Why are men being such devils?" And it's like all you're doing is advertising, right? Here's why Trump's the worst. Although I don't know, I bet you, I bet you, the number of men in power. Like the newspaper guys and stuff that thought this was a bad thing was just minute. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. So Francine is now big news, not just in New York. This was now a nationwide story. The number of men now waiting for Francine to come out of the subway was estimated to be 10,000. This is bananas. There are 10,000 men waiting for one girl to come out of the subway. 21-year-old. There's, there's something about it. There's something about her being 21. Yeah. Because I think, I think, you know, I think if you're an older woman, you might have the confidence and understanding to maybe take another route or just do something different. I think she is so young and so sheltered, as she said. That this is such a fucking insane thing that she doesn't quite know how to handle it. And, and it's also, what it also does, I think, by her being 21 is, and I, I don't think this is even a right way to think, but it's super creepy because there's probably a lot of older guys there. A lot of older guys. So, like, at least if she was, like, closer to their age, there's th- there, there still is something that something. irks me, especially. We're good people. We're good people. Okay, so there's 10,000 people. The streets are completely choked. But Francine did not come out of the subway that day. I wonder why. Her boss told her to stay home. And there the phone started ringing. She got over 250 phone calls that day. Are you going to be coming out of the subway soon, Francine? (laughs) Hello? I devoted my life. I bought a tent and I sold my house and I'm living... Right outside of the subway station, and 
I sleep almost all night and in the morning. And then the one thing I want to do is see you when you come out at 1.30. And if you are not there, I don't know if I'm a man anymore. Then one guy calls and he's like... Anyway, call me back. One guy calls and he's like, excuse me, my shoelace is untied. (laughs) Oh, wait. Shit. Shit. Quote, I counted them. Media from all over the world, talent agents, movie studios, advertising agencies, radio and TV talk shows, and many others. Francine was... I think as most 21-year-olds would be, excited by the intention, but she was incredulous. Quote, what are they doing this for? I think they're all mental cases. I'm just an ordinary girl. There are thousands of girls on Wall Street, and they act as though I'm the only one. I can't believe it. And then she pauses and says, about two years ago, my doctor said that I would not grow in height anymore, but my bust line was still growing. And now I have all these crowds around me. These people in Wall Street have the responsibility of handling millions of dollars, and they act like they're all out of their minds. <sighs> fair. Fair. 21-year-old woman, fair, yep. making points that make sense. Yep. yep. But that was the end of Francine and the street madness. She started taking different routes to work. Nothing ever came of all the offers. No one knows what happened to her. The Wikipedia cites a rumor that she became a stripper. I'd give 100% that that's a male fantasy, hope, right? Yeah. As that's all they were thinking of her as. So they, the rumor started because what else could they think? Right. They couldn't think. What man in that group would think she went on to become a scientist? Or that she wanted to hide from this. Right. Right. It wasn't over, though. Around the country, morning radio DJs had heard about the big-breasted 20-year-old girl from New York, and they wanted to prove they had women with better breasts. A Cleveland morning zoo moron sent two women, 21-year-old Sheila Moore and 25-year-old Suzanne Zulkowski. They took the same walk with hordes of men waiting as they came out of the subway at 1.30 p.m. One man was quoted by a newspaper. This is better than the World Series. Oh, God, sir. Hollywood had to get in on the act. A morning man from KGIL, whose listeners called him Sweet Dick, was up to the task. Terrible. He found Jerry Stotts of Burbank. She was a married mother of a 21-year-old and had huge breasts. Jerry was 36. Her husband told her, quote, as long as you're having a good time, it's your day. On October 11th, Jerry made the walk down Wall Street in what was now being called, quote, the Sweater Girl Derby. Her measurements were similar to Francine's, though her motives were different. This was less than a month after women protested outside of the Miss America pageant. In 1970, feminists would organize a Wall Street ogle Inn. Tons of women poured into Wall Street and catcalled men walking to work. <laughs> what a nice tie. Those pants just bring out your best. You're old, but I like you. <laughs> the, yeah. I mean, the problem it's is the inherited, which is that men will be like, can I see your breasts? <laughs> That's all I was thinking of when <laughs> I was saying it. Don Sayers would later write that the... What mis- you really should do is just shout how little their dicks are as they walk by. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what you should do. Don would later write that the Miss America protest of 1968 was the beginning of the death of girl watching. Quote, Then came the 70s and 80s and the landslide victories of indignant feminists. The loss of the lovely word girl was a parallel casualty of the house cleaning. Now they wanted to be called women. Those Uh, fucking monsters. Unreal, dude. Those fucking monsters. Unreal. But he did say... That he had five sisters and four daughters and considered himself a feminist. Oh, well, yeah, clearly. At least his testicles are. Quote, Particularly in the Department of Women's Sports, I believe the expansion and acceptance of opportunities for girls, there I said it again, in sports has been the most laudable achievement in the feminist movement. Mm. So, So he gets it. <laughs> He gets it, which he is does. nice. It's nice he to does. wrap it up knowing that he gets it. He does get it. He clearly learned his lessons. He learned what this was all about. And uh, women can play sports. Yeah. Wow. So important things have happened. Hey, he learned. He did learn. I'm also inventing the sports bra. <laughs> <laughs> but he said, 
I'll always miss saying girls. Oh, he's the real victim. He lamented the days when his crew of girl walkers would walk down Fifth Avenue, observing their strict rules of behavior that showed nothing but respect for the girls. He's a good guy. (sighs) Just so you know, we are awful. And here's the problem. The problem is that for the most part, we've only gotten conditioned to rules, and it still sort of seeps out and rears its ugly head in many other ways. Well, online, racism, isn't online, sexism, isn't yeah, online a cesspool. The new, the new Wall Street yeah. of ten thousand guys. What's the fucking difference? Totally. It's that's all it is now. Totally. This those guys are able to now be what they want to be, and they can do it anonymously, so they get to fucking. Which I guess is what thing. is so. Uh, interesting about that story is that they they're not anonymous it right but it was socially acceptable exactly but to imagine a time to imagine to imagine a time when you weren't looked at as a leering creep right there were books about how to look at girls (laughs) like that shit's all related if you have a girl watching society it is related to ten thousand men showing up to look at a girl and how far was she from having her shirt ripped off oh fuck i mean that you know that yeah, seriously. I mean, you could see that just ter- it, it just takes one lunatic to yep. make a whole thing sort of spiral. Yep. I mean, that's almost a testament to that dumb movement. Like, at least the guys were able to, like, keep it at ogling. Which movement? Oh, the, oh, the bird watching? Yeah. I mean, that's it's shocking. That, that, that's like a mind twist. I mean, that, that... Well, it got so much worse than that, right? Yeah, that's what I mean, is it gets so much more... It's hard to imagine in a day like today that you could get 10,000 men focused on one girl and something not go horribly wrong. And here's the, here's the, here's the big point. There, is not, there was not one story I found any, anywhere, including months later, whatever story I read in whatever newspaper I read it in, there was not one that did not mention that she wore tight sweaters. Right. Which is totally blame her for walking out. There yeah. was to- that's it. She wants really, to be but, looked at. But again, right? like like we were saying earlier, I mean like what else does she do? How how? She has no choice. You have no choice. It also doesn't matter if she wore a tight suit. You don't get to fucking I mean, this is an extreme example of you don't get to stare at women yeah. if they're wearing hot outfits because you want to. Yeah. You can fucking glance at them and and, and go, okay, they're pretty. But you can't sit there and fucking stare at him like a monster. Yeah. But this is just the extreme example of that. Yeah. You don't get I, to fucking. I, I, stare. I think. I. I th- th- which is true. I think there is. You know, automatically, like I think. I mean, this is. You know, like this Everyone is what like stand up is based on is the idea that guys like to look at girls. Like that. That is a thing that you know you'll probably you you just can't stop because that's almost instinct. What you can stop is how. How, how, with that in mind, how bad does it make another person feel? You can yeah. limit that, and you can figure out rules for that. Yeah. But when you go back to the idea that, like, I mean, again, it's it's just what it really is. Again, is it's just like white dudes for the most part figuring out ways to objectify people. It is mostly white. If you look at the pictures, it's mostly white. <laughs> well, because I don't even at that time. There's no way that a black guy would feel comfortable going there. I mean, I'm sure that, that I'm sure that they did, but you still, it, it's a white. It was a white man's world, you know, and everyone else is just living in it. And thank God that's changed. Yeah, thank God <laughs> we've gotten far away from that. <laughs> yeah. Do I get a picture? We... I like when I get Look, a picture. Look, and here's something I'll say about her. She's not gorgeous, right? She's right. Like, she's like a cute, she's like a cute, short sort of woman. There's, it, she just has, like literally she just has like an hourglass figure. Like that's right. the sort of, that's the sort of thing to it. But, so I think that when, when all of those reporters and everyone else, I think they're expecting like this gorgeous woman because of the, those are all the dudes. Just Ugh. packed around the subway. Ugh. And they're like, like some look like regular. I mean, this just they, is so that's weird. That's just that they all look like regular dudes. But and this is you don't know who the fucking eight. Yeah, you don't know who the monster is. I bet someone's dad, one of your one of your listeners, one of your dads was there, wasn't he? Oh, one and someday a dad and a son ran into each other there. One of your dads. 
Okay, you're definitely creeping everyone. Well, here's, here's the cops escorting her. That that really is so weird because you're, and it's not like she. Yeah, she's attractive, but but it's so weird. It's the point of doing it. It's not. It's, it's not so the, it's weird. Not the, it's not the target, right? It's the point of doing it. I guess it's the power of it. It's a bunch of dudes fucking hooting and hollering and making a woman Just feel l- like she's owned. <sighs> anyway, we sign. Uh, we sign bras. <laughs> I was so so hoping you wouldn't say breasts. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad you didn't. No, I, I'm pun, baby. Because this whole thing would have been a shit show. <laughs> It, the whole thing would have been wiped out immediately. <laughs> but when you started saying bra, I was like, fuck it. No. He's going to ruin the whole, everything we've just done. This whole yeah. wiped out. <laughs> no, I'm leading with the pun. All right, we sign cars. And bras. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, this same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th, Adelaide, November 16th, Canberra, November 17th, Brisbane, November 18th, and then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there.